Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin, who created... I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spurser. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are now listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, coming at you with a new audio-only episode. My name is Romaran, and with me today, tonight, as we record this, our ASHs, Emil and Rowan. Say hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, <laughs> yo! So today we're doing something special or something new, rather. We talked about it. We glossed over it. Noong live stream last Thursday. So we'll be starting a new series, a new audio-only series around the podcast, so that you guys have more content to listen to every week. We did audio-onlys before, but we couldn't really commit to a regular schedule for them, mostly because we couldn't find a topic. So for this one, for this new series. We have taken our once weekly segment on the live stream, the picks of the week, and we've turned them into a regular audio only episode every week so that we, you know, have more time to talk about them. We get to dissect them a little more instead of trying to rush through them at the end of every live stream. Yes, it takes away the fun audience participation element from the live streams, but we get to spend more time talking about the matches we like. And Rowan gets his reps in as the ASH assigned to audio-only episodes. Before we start, though, let's do a little housekeeping. Champion, I got to promote our Patreon. We're doing a Royal Rumble kind of watch party on Sunday, January 29th. So that's Manila time. I'm sure most of you have Disney+. Plus. You're probably going to watch it on your own Disney Plus accounts better. Shemper, you probably want a watch party like Atmosphere to have some, you know, banter and express your feelings while you watch the Royal Rumble live, which is one of the best pay-per-views of the calendar year on WWE. So you always want some people to commiserate with, some people to fan out with, and we provide you that experience over on our Discord community by subscribing to the, our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as $5 or around I believe that is 550 or something like that right now. You get access to our Discord community where we do the party and where we talk about a whole bunch of stuff, sports, TV shows, games, memes, fashion, a whole bunch of things. You also get access to our exclusive review content of TV shows, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, Rampage, 
pay-per-views as well and local live events care of rowan and champion we have merch uh you get face masks you also get a chance to be a part of our pasabais from online stores like WWE Shop, Shop AW, Pro Wrestling Tees. When we do decide to do them, at least once a year and possibly other occasions where we order uh, some merch online. So our last or our recent pasabai is coming in soon, hopefully within the next month. So again, if you want to be a part of that, just subscribe to patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as $5. All right, so that's out of the way. Let us begin our first ever pick of the week episode. Just a little rule. We're covering this past week for this episode. So it includes the week of Monday, January 9. And we also extend it to January 5 because we didn't do pick of the week last week on the live stream. Okay, so let's begin. Let's start with someone we haven't really heard from in a while. Rowan, give us your first pick of last week or the past 10 or so days? My first pick of the week will be Gunther versus Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental Championship. That was from SmackDown last January 13. Now, I express on the pod and on Twitter that I hate Braun Strowman and I don't want him back when Triple H was doing the rehiring of released talents. But I've always been not impressed of Braun's work, but... Until this match, like I saw this match, parang dito ko siya nagustuhan. Hindi ko siya super favorite, pero I was impressed. He did less comedy in this match, and this match was also very physical. And it has a lot of false finishes, and sa sobrang ganda ng match na to, I thought Braun could actually end the streak, or like the title reign of Gunta. But hindi ako mag-expect masyado ng ano, like I'm not gonna expect too high. Because probably in the next few weeks, Braun would be the same guy who would do comedy and the choo-choo train thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This was a fun match. Some people didn't really like the idea of Braun Strowman getting a championship match. But it was against Gunther, so I knew it was going to be good. I knew Gunther was going to make it watchable, and he did. I tweeted after watching the match yesterday that Gunther is the Brock Lesnar that we deserve. Because he's the final boss, and then he actually cares about wrestling to a point where he structures his matches in a way that exaggerates yung drama, the drama that we're all looking for that isn't always present in Brock Lesnar matches, especially the WrestleMania match with uh, Roman Reigns. So that was pretty drama-less to me. And I think Gunther is the one that actually brings it in and exemplifies what it's like to be a final boss type of wrestler. Emil, what do you think? I think people needed a reminder that even before Braun Strowman was released or before he came back, he was probably the best big man that they have in terms of working a match. Like, I remember there was a ceremony, the passing of the torch thing with Big Show passing on to him as like the... Yeah, when it comes to big men having really good matches. And that was a good reminder to all of us that Pug needed, Braun Strowman can work. And hindi lang siya yung pang comedy and yung pang like choo choo train express and all that so we we also have to give Braun Strowman his credit no he really brought out his A game in this match against Gunther so at least parang justify din yung push that he's been having over the last few months and a few weeks so I actually think Braun can work like, he's a much better big man than a whole bunch of other guys like Omos and uh, Commander Aziz even but uh, um, it's a matter of him 
not really getting the opportunities all the time to wrestle a kind of match that internet fans like tend to like 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 Rowan I'm sure he's not a Braun Strowman fan because he Braun Strowman doesn't always wrestle the kind of match that Rowan likes do you agree Rowan I mean I just don't like Braun at all also like controversial kasi minsan yung mga nagsasabi niya over on social media so that's why I don't really like him also I just want to mention that Every SmackDown dapat mag-defend na ng si Gunther ng Intercontinental title niya. It's really incredible. Like, from that Sheamus match and then that Rey Mysterio match, parang dapat ituloy-tuloy niya na lang na magkaroon ng Intercontinental title match. Like, have an open challenge, kumbaga. I get it, but they're also, like, uh, maintaining the prestige and the special attraction-ness of Gunther. By building up to the Intercontinental Championship matches that happen, like, I guess once a month, maybe. It's a lot better than what AEW tends to do, which is they build up the match for next week. And then it's just off of a week of build up, right? So that's not always optimal. Do you agree with this, Emil? Yes. Um, hindi naman palagi, but like, make the Intercontinental Championship the main title on SmackDown. And hindi lang yung basta sino-sino lang yung magkaka-title match. You really have to earn it in order for you to have a title match on SmackDown. So kaya nga gusto ko yung talaga yung defend talaga siya mainly on SmackDown rather than at the pay-per-views para at least may distinction yung Intercontinental Championship na on this show, this is the title that matters the most. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Moving on to Rowan's second pick. What do you got, Rowan? Okay, so my second pick would be Jake DeLeon versus Fabio Makisig for the MWF Pinoy Wrestling Championship from Noche Buena. So technically, this happened last month, pero it aired last week. So at yeah, the pick, it counts. It counts. So I love everything that happened here, like the video package, the commentary hype, the match itself, and also the post-match, everything that happened after the match. What I love here is the ring psychology. Like JDL kept on working on Fabio's leg and shoulder. For the past episodes of Action Abella TV, diba parang Fabio injured his shoulder. And also, parang on this match, JDL would work on the legs of Fabio naman. The storytelling is incredible. Nadama ko talaga yung, ano, yung kaba when JDL had a 4-1 to one lead. Pero in the end, nakabawi si Fabio. And uh, I just want to add that I think I fell in love more in Philippine wrestling because of this. Everything that happened here. Sobrang emotional niya, emotion evoking match and moments that happened. Madadamo mo talaga siya like may inis ka kay JDL with his heel tactics. When it comes to Fabio, madadala ka rin sa emotion niya before he delivers the PKS, parang maluluha siya. And I want to be honest, speaking as the guy who attended the show, kahit ako naluluha rin ako nun, especially when he cut the promo, like us who love wrestling, we're born in a country that has no pro wrestling, unlike Japan, Mexico, and US. So, I really wish MWF would post this promo kasi feeling ko mag ma-attract I'm din pretty tayo sure si- we did. I'm pretty sure it's up there somewhere. But if not, sige, then that's enough. Let them know about it. Feeling ko, Philippine wrestling, not just MWF, feeling ko magkaka-attraction ng wrestling dito because of the words that Fabio left. Like, sobrang passionate Nararamdaman ko yung parang inggit. Kasi parang, come on, like when nag-interview kayo in some wrestlers, they would always say, ah, may wrestling kasi sa US. Kaya hindi ko inakalang magkaka-wrestling dito sa Pilipinas at hindi ko rin inakalang magiging wrestler ako. So parang he echoed those sentiments, di ba? 
that's yeah. all I can say. And both competitors did a great job. And congratulations to Fabio Makisig, the new MWF champion. Yeah, we actually should put that match out up for free because it, it was really good. And I am not allowed to critique it as much in public because I am a part of it. But I can say that it was the best Manila Rules match I've ever seen so far. What do you think about this match as a Manila Rules match, Rowan? Sa tingin ko, it was too quick. Well, maybe it's just an illusion na it was too quick kasi JDL earned points. Naka four points agad siya. Pero kung tuto, isi matagal din yung match eh. Like, of course, JDL was working on Fabio. Parang unti-unti niyang pinapatumba si Fabio. Weakening him para sure win para sa kanya. Parang he owned up sa usapan nila na fair yung match. Because diba they had that backstage segment. Also from the AKTV episodes, parang napag-usapan nila that it's gonna be a fair fight. So hindi rin makapandaya. Although may konting pandaraya din ginagawa si JDL. Like he's doing some dirty works right there. Pero in that Manila Rules match, ito yung pinaka the best. That's grammatically wrong, pero that's what I'm going to say. It's <laughs> pinaka the best na Manila Rules match na napanood ko ever. Okay. Sige. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, I have a question. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, go ahead. So, I haven't seen this match at all. And I want to ask, is this the best Philippine wrestling match up to now? Like, from whatever Philippine wrestling started up to now? All I'm going to say is, siempre... No, I've seen better matches, but that I'll leave it at that. Rowan, what do you think? I think you haven't watched everything. You've only watched mostly MWF and a handful of PWR shows. So I will leave it to your, since you are the more objective reviewer when it comes to local wrestling. I mean, I can't really rank which is better, but I'd say it's one of the best matches that happened in this soil in Philippine wrestling. It's one of the best. I guess for PWR, kasi parang one of the matches that they had that was really the best was the two out of three falls between Quatro and Imabayashi. Okay, so yeah, that's fair. All right, before we move on to Emil and my picks, let's take a quick break and hear from our fellow podcasts at Podcast Network Asia. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, welcome back to the audio-only episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Again, if you are somehow tuned in in the middle of this episode on Spotify or wherever you're listening to podcasts, we are doing the Picks of the Week as a separate audio-only recurring episode now. And we have more time to get into a little more depth when it comes to our 
personal choices of the matches we liked over the past seven days. All right, let's go now to our other ASH. Emil, what are your picks of the past week, 10 days? All right, so this match, technically this happened during when the stream a couple of weeks ago was still happening. So and I really fought for this one for to be included to be eligible in our first pick of the week episode. I am going with Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega versus United Empire of Haran Hinare and Jeff Cobb. The main event of NJPW's New Year's Dash. This happened last January 5, 2023. So, yeah, this, I remember this match was announced while in the middle of our stream. So, nung araw niyon, the first thing I did after our live stream was over was to catch this match. And I was really excited for this match, you know. And we all know naman the history between Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. They had probably the best series of wrestling matches that we have seen throughout 2017 to 2018. And after their last match at Dominion, we never really saw Omega and Okada share the same ring again. And, you know, both men were coming off historic title wins at Wrestle Kingdom 17 the previous night. And, you know, Kenny, after a three-year absence with New Japan, came back and successfully dethroning Will Ospreay for the IWGP US title. Meanwhile, Okada, on the other hand, continues his reign as the ace of New Japan by defeating Jay White at the main event to win back his IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So the context behind this match was at New Year's Dash, NJPW made this decision to not announce any of the matches ahead of time. So people were really surprised and they were happy when Devil Sky, NJPW theme song of Kenny Omega hit and he went out and it was revealed that he was going to be wrestling in a main event going up against the members of United Empire. And then suddenly after that, the famous coin drop hit and it was revealed to the fans inside the arena that Kazuchika Okada is going to be teaming up with Kenny Omega for this match. And the match itself was nothing really of spectacular. I mean, it was a typical NJPW house show match to send the crowd home happy. But there was this one moment that you know stuck to me and it was... You know, the Rainmaker V-Trigger combo that yeah, they did. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that was really cool. That was a cool moment. And for me, this was my version of the Mega Powers. I didn't really grow up during the Golden Era and the Attitude Era to understand what it means when two heated rivals like maybe Hogan and Savage and Rock and Austin would occasionally team up. Plus, I never thought in a million years that we would get two heated rivals like Okada and Omega. Like, Okada is with Chaos and Omega is with the Elite slash Bullet Club so we never really thought they would ever team up but we got it for just one night it was a treat for me and the fans to see them in tag team action in fairness I make chemistry so that as a tag team like yes obviously because they have chemistry as opponents naturally they would it doesn't come as a surprise that they would have chemistry as a tag team Shepard I watched the match belatedly New Year's Dash because it to me isn't always a must watch so I wasn't really surprised by the news of Kenny and Okada teaming up. But I did feel the Mega Powers vibes from both of them. And it was a pretty fun main event. Cobb and Henare also held up their end of the bargain of the match, which goes to show that they are pretty much among the elite wrestlers of the world because they can hang with two of the best wrestlers who have propped up New Japan. So 
I like that team up. I like that match. And I actually want to see more of it. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to an official Omega and Okada team. But... I don't know but before the match starts, the referee was checking on them. Like, weapons. Yeah. weapons yeah. You notice Kenny Omega was looking at Okada's belt, the World Heavyweight Championship of Okada. Do you think this is a foreshadowing of a future match? Like, another rematch between the two? I do think that the forbidden door, quote unquote, is open again for him. Like, Mohangwalanang bad blood between NJPW and Kenny, because obviously NJPW put a championship on him again. So I wouldn't rule it out. I think he was doing a good bit of acting there, which is the little things, you know, as a wrestler, you think of those things on the spot. And then even if nobody's watching or you think nobody's going to catch it, you just do it because what if someone does catch it and then they turn it into a good story? Yeah, so that's my thing. Emil, what do you think of that potential possibility? It may not happen soon, but I think that moment kind of leaves a door for it to possibly happen sometime down the line since young NJPW and AEW, they already have this relationship coming now. So anything is possible. I don't think it's going to happen like six months down the line since Kenny is busy doing trios thing in AEW and Okada doesn't really go to AEW that much. So that moment leaves a door possibility like, that it could happen. All right. Rowan, would you watch a wrestling show if you didn't know a single match on the card? No. I would only watch it kung ano yung ina-advertise. So, halimbawa, if the big stars are involved no, there... No, I mean, like, there was zero advertisement. Like, oh. uh, it was a surprise show, right, Emil? Nothing was advertised. So, if you were given the option to watch live, pero wala kang alam kung ano mangyayari kasi wala silang in-advertise, would you do it? I mean, I think it really depends on what promotion it would be. But I mean, I love wrestling. I really want to see anything. Things could happen like dream matches. But we would eventually find out if we watch it. Siguro, it's just like in food. You don't know how it tastes. But once you taste it, okay, let's go. Go for it. So parang na lang. All right. Emil, what about you? Would you watch a live show without knowing what's on the card? Um, again, piggybacking off the Sasinabi ni Roman, it really depends on the promotion and on the show. So if I know it's a show, it's kind of like a major show, but no matches are being advertised. Yeah, I, I'll 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 go watch it. But if it's kind of like a parang house show lang or lang, a weekly show lang, maybe still because may element of surprise. Because they are intentionally not announcing the matches. So ibig sabihin, they have something in their back pocket that will please the fans once they announce it. So I will still watch it. To be fair though, when yeah. we all watch WWFX, we don't know what the matches are. Yeah. That's true. That's true. We didn't we didn't know what was gonna happen. But uh, there were elements of surprises. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when I, when they do house shows here, when WWE does house shows, we don't really know what, what's on the card. We know who's gonna be on the card, but we don't know what matches they're gonna be. So they're selling the idea that our favorite promotion is here in the Philippines. We're just lucky to to catch it. Emil, what is your second pick of the week? All right, so my second pick again. This is from two weeks, but two weeks ago, not all. Yeah, yeah. So fun. this rampage last January six, we got Top Flight versus the members of the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley and Brian Danielson. So the 
Top Light and the members of the Blackpool Combat Club started their mini rivalry at an episode of Rampage for like the 300,000 Trios Battle Royale where we saw the members of Top Light eliminating the members of the Blackpool Combat Club. And ever since, they've been having this series of matches on both Dynamite and Rampage. I think we saw a tag match where it was Claudio Casagnoli and John Moxie who went up against Top Light. We also saw... John Moxie, he went up against, I think it was Darius Martin. Is that right? Uh, uh, before, yeah, before also this happened. So, ano na sila? May prior history na sila coming into this match. And I had no expectations in this match, really, because Danielson was busy feuding with MJF, while Moxley was also having his own business against Hangman Page. So, akala ko, parang ano lang to, like, quick five-minute match where, you know, the Blackpool Combat Club were the overwhelming favorites. And ganun lang, five minutes, done. Since, again, this is on Rampage, and usually matches on Rampage, I really don't get that excited about. You know, the match itself was unbelievably good for something that was put on on a Rampage card. And Ryan and Moxley spent most of the match beating the living hell out of Top Flight. But kudos to Top Flight, they never backed down. And it was really an entertaining opening match to Rampage, which uh, ultimately saw the Blackpool Combat Club winning at the end. Yung takeaway ko dito is that Top Flight is going to be one of the most pushed tag teams in 2023. TK is going to put a rocket ship on this team and they're going to be pushed over the moon this coming year. And barring any injuries, I really hope we don't get injuries with Top Light this year. I will be surprised if Top Light didn't win the Tag Team Championships at the end of the year. And the series of matches that they've been having with the Blackpool Combat Club is kind of a litmus test to whether or not they can hang with some of the best that AEW has to offer. Yeah, I agree. The AEW Tag Team Division is in a bit of a rebuilding mode surrounding your homegrown AEW talents. Now it's the acclaim. Now and then they have the Gun Club again. It has to be top flight eventually. Yeah. The bigger teams are wrestling for the trios championship, like the Elite, Death Triangle, House of Black. So then do that and then do that. I think they've done a good job of making the two divisions distinct. Also, on your note about Rampage matches being good, John Moxley has spent quite a bit of his time recently on Rampage because yeah. the dynamite cards have been a little too stacked, which is fine. I always say that the Rampage cards always need a big name on it to make it good. And that's what can happen when you put a big name like Moxley and Danielson on Rampage. And masaya din ako that Danielson is apparently still with the BCC. They did tease for a while back that they had problems, but I guess they don't have problems anymore unless they eventually revisit that sometime down the line. Rowan, do you have anything to add to uh, this match? Okay, so I haven't really seen this match, pero... I'll add this on my assignment to get my thoughts. And maybe on Twitter, I'll give I'll leave my thoughts there All after right. the audio only is released. Okay. okay. Before we get to my picks, let's take another break and hear from our fellow podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, 
Time for the last part of this week's Pick of the Week and the first ever Pick of the Week audio-only episode from the podcast. It's time for my picks. My first pick is from last week's Dynamite, Brian Danielson versus Konosuke Takeshita. Really good stuff. If you haven't been watching Takeshita's work on AW from the past year, he is one of the company's new rising stars, especially one that they imported from Japan. I'm sure Rowan might have seen at least one of his matches because he has been booked a lot on AEW. And although people might have only seen him last year, I will admit to having only seen him last year for the first time, he's not a rookie. Like He has 10 years of experience going on 11, but it's his first year of being exposed to the Western audience. Takeshita is unique because he's not like pretty much every other Japanese wrestler that they bring in, that the major leagues from America bring in. Because a whole bunch of those guys, they end up trying to adjust from Puroress, either from Strong Style or King's Road or whatever the main Japanese style is nowadays. And they try to change and adapt to the American formula. Now, there's a specific formula for Western wrestling. I don't want to get into it too much and show you how the sausage is made, but I'm sure if you've watched enough wrestling and if you also watched wrestling from abroad, you will see the difference and you have at least a basic understanding of the difference. So a lot of the Japanese guys, they tend to not be able to learn and fully integrate that American style. Like, for example, Shinsuke Nakamura, he's great, but he isn't always wrestling in a style that seems comfortable for him, especially if you've seen him from New Japan, right? So... Konosuke Takeshita is not one of those guys. His style is very, very Western. It's high energy, fast paced, and he wrestles big moves. Uh, he wrestles a little bit of the less is more style, and he brings the Japanese style of hard hitting moves to it. And Brian Danielson, especially everyone else in the Blackpool Combat Club, is a great opponent for Takeshita because he wrestles the kind of match that Takeshita is also comfortable in. So they kind of complement each other and they have some really good chemistry because they want to wrestle the kind of match that the both of them want to do. So when you're on the same page, you're going to have a good time. And Chempre, Emil here, he listed it as one of the match of the year candidates on his list only in the second week of 2023. So I liked it. If I watched the show live, I probably would have second-guessed that Brian would win the match because Takeshita's performance is really good. Brian gave a lot of offense to Takeshita, and it made you believe a little bit that he could win. So yeah, if you haven't seen this match yet, please go and watch it because you will need to know who Takeshita is eventually. Because if the rumors are correct, there are some big plans for him. He's moved to the U.S. permanently, so he's not going to be commuting back and forth from Japan. So AEW can push him as much as he wants, they can figure him in their plans as much as they want. Emil, I know that you like this match. What do you think? Um, yeah, so I really love this match because it's Takeshita. And I'm always looking forward to his matches now in AEW. But what's my takeaway with this match? It's a point where he has been introduced enough to the Western audience, it's now time for him, for AW to push this guy in a storyline where maybe he'll win a title. Like, let's say, put him in a TNT title storyline. Because I think he's already well-introduced name. Or at least for me, I've already seen enough of him to say nah, he's already made it to, to AW, and it's now time. Your next stage now for him is to achieve, go for titles or 
be in a major storyline aside from just having really great matches against you know some of the best in AEW. So yun lang. that's the one question uh, I asked myself. And maybe I'll also ask you after watching this really fantastic match. And again, nasala ko na to, eh, nasa match of the year candidate ko na tong, uh, match with Takeshita and Danielson. Yeah, you're right. I know that Tony Khan is aware that he can't keep having Takeshita lose all the time because he's that good. There's a thing then, like even if you're that good and if you show a bunch of good offense and wrestle your ass off, if you lose, then if you keep losing, then you're still going to be branded as a loser because you're still going to be branded as a choke artist, as someone who can't get the job done. And I know that you know this being a sports fan because no matter how good you shoot from the field, if you don't shoot enough points and get your team to win, then elite as you might think you are. So I think this will be the year for that, Emil. I think that they're going to be putting him in bigger storylines. I know that Don Callis is already scouting him. They're slow burning that a little bit. So I expect more developments on that as the calendar turns. Rowan, are you familiar with Takeshita? Have you, I don't know if you've seen last week's match, but have you seen at least one match from him to AEW? Oh, no, man. I've seen most of his matches. Like, he wrestled some matches on Dark, diba? Yeah. Pero... Parang siya lang yung wrestler talaga na nagre-rely on power moves. As a uh, wrestler who is from Japan, kasi I don't remember seeing Nakamura do some of his moves na parang similar to Takeshita or even Hideo Itami or who is now always, who is always known as Kenta. I think there is something in him. And to answer na rin Emil's question, I think he will eventually be in a title scene. Parang ano na siya, grinugroom na siya to be uh, pushed and be more exposed on TV. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't, or the others haven't really wrestled a power a game. I think that modern Japanese wrestling because it doesn't really lend too much to that. They're usually just striking or submissions, tactical wrestling. So yeah, you have a point there. Takeshita is kind of standing out from that bunch, and that kind of contributes to his westernness, if you will. One last question, though. Now that Takeshita has wrestled uh, members of the Blackpool Combat Club, with the exception of Wheeler Yuta, who had the best na naging opponent to Takeshita out of the three? Out of Claudio, Moxley, and Danielson? For me, I still think it's Claudio. Because that was a bigger stakes match, and they wrestled it accordingly. I think it had the most drama. I see Brian and Takeshita were still kind of holding back. Because it was a TV match, and it wasn't like the biggest match they could wrestle. Moxley in mind was good, but stakes were also low. So I would still have to give it to Claudio because you can really feel the drama in that one because it was for a big championship. What about you? What do you think? For me, um, yun din, oh. Claudio din yung napik ko because again, it was diba for the ROH World Title, no? At the uh, yeah, yeah. they main evented pang the Battle of the Belts. It was a bigger deal. For a moment there, I really thought they were going with Takeshita to win the ROH title. I'm a big of a fan of Takeshita. I really want him to win one of these titles. I really want him to win one as soon as possible. So I'm going to be Claudio. All right. So again, let's move on to my second pick before we go too long here. I changed it in, at the last minute. I was watching this because yesterday and it was really, really good. It is Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens from... Last Friday, SmackDown. Okay, um, this is interesting because it ended in a DQ finish because the Usos interfered just before Sammy was about to deliver the killing blow. 
And Sammy was supposed to, I know, was like, if he beat Kevin Owens, was he going to be further established in the bloodline? What was that the story, Rowan? Uh, I don't remember that being the stake, pero parang I think the stake was to make Kevin parang stay out of the bloodline's business, parang ganun. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, that makes sense. They interfered and Sammy was really distraught over the interference because he knew he was about to beat Kevin Owens and he had him right where he wanted him. But then for some reason, the bloodline just went in and inserted themselves into his business without asking. It was a really well-wrestled match. Sammy was digging deep into his bag of tricks. He brought in a lot of offense, more so than usual. And he looked, I think, the most competitive he's ever looked in quite a while. He was really showing his Japanese King's Road influences there. And for the first time in a long time, it really looked like he wasn't the cowardly Sami Zayn that we've come to know over the past few years. So that was pretty cool. And the DQ finish really did what it set out to do. Like Vince used to do a lot of DQ finishes and they would always be disappointing. But this one, for this one, the disappointment was intentional. I say you can feel Sammy about to win and then them taking it away from him was really productive because it fed into the larger story between Sammy and Roman. Rowan, as the resident SmackDown reviewer for the podcast, what did you feel about how this story played out? I think I am as disappointed as Sammy. Nung hindi siya nanalo, there was a DQ finish. Pero like, ano talaga yung drama dito? Like yun yung importante dito. It's the drama that happened where Bloodline interfered. Nakikita ko talaga kay Sammy that he is conflicted. Like he doesn't want to be involved with the Bloodline attacking Kevin Owens. Parang nagehesitate nga siya kasi parang He's realizing that when he, he is having a great match with Kevin Owens, parang bumabalik yung memories na together when, I mean, they're friends for a long time. This is their 839th match, exactly. And siguro parang nagkakaroon siya ng realization na ano parang Kevin Owens is kind of right, di ba? And feeling ko eventually, down the line, Sammy would not need the bloodline. Parang he wouldn't accept if ever he would be awarded to be no longer the honorary use, but an actual member of the bloodline, I don't think he would accept that invitation anymore. Yeah. Did you think that Sammy was finally horrified at how they've been or how the bloodline has been treating Kevin Owens this entire time? Because to me, how I saw the scene was that he was about to beat him respectfully. You know, and they took that away from him. And then after they did that, it really looked like he finally came to his senses. Yeah, exactly. Parang nagkaroon siya ng epiphany. Yeah. Nagkakaroon siya ng realization that the bloodline has been terrorizing the whole SmackDown thing, the whole roster, and including his friend darin. Kaya parang yun na yung nagkakaroon siya ng realization. There's something wrong. This is wrong. I don't want to be part of this. Maybe I'll think about this, parang ganun, reading Sammy's thoughts. Emil, did you catch this? Uh, what did you think of Sammy's acting? I think ino nagdala talaga. Eh. Sobrang ano, sobrang nadala ako sa acting ni, uh, ni Sammy Zayn. And all of this, the DQ finish, it made sense because yung ongoing storyline is that Roman is afraid that Sammy is one upping him. So ayaw niyang masasapawan siya ni Sammy Zayn. So when Sammy was about to beat Kevin Owens, Roman sent in the Usos because he doesn't want Sammy to beat Kevin Owens. 
all Roman wanted is to Sammy to beat down Kevin Owens to a point that Kevin would be vulnerable enough for Roman to like steal the spotlight and he would be the hero in his own story. So sobrang na-attach na sa storyline and sa acting ni Sami Zayn, he really did a good job of acting distraught, of acting na finally for once in a long time, parang nagkaroon na siya ng realization na maybe he's just being used for the bloodline's advantage. Hindi naman talaga siya belong sa bloodline. So, it was a masterful way of doing that. So, kudos to Sami Zayn and to all parties that was involved in Spanish. Yeah. We'll talk about the storyline implications more on this Thursday's live stream. But, yeah, a lot of kudos go to both people, especially Sami for wrestling one hell of a match and acting one hell of a scene. So Sammy is doing the best work of his life, or of his career right now, I think. It's near the very top of the business. And I think that reinforces my wish for him to win the world championship at WrestleMania. All right, that's it for our picks of the week. Because we both, are we all gave two picks but as we get all of our members back if, if, if we get Stan back if we get Chino back we'll probably limit ourselves to one pick per person but since we are only three I think we had license to go a little crazy here today so we hope you enjoyed it this maiden outing of the Picks of the Week episode let us know what you think let us know by commenting on Twitter at Wrestling2XPod on Facebook at the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast and Instagram as well where we're going to post a clip and on TikTok at Wrestling2XPod as well. And let us know, did you like this? Did you enjoy our more comprehensive talk on the matches that we liked over the past week? Or do you want us to go back to talking about them at the end of every show without much detail like this? So let us know. We'll consider your feedback, but we hope that you like what we did here. Right. We'll see you on the Thursday live stream as always. It's not going away. We'll talk about the latest in wrestling. If any big news happens between now and then. If any other big news happens in the Vince McMahon WWE saga and whatever else have you. All right. On behalf of Emil ASH and Monday Night Rowan ASH, this has been Romoran. Follow us on Twitter at EML underscore Meister for Emil at Monday Night Rowan. That's N I T E for Rowan at Chino Supersize for Chino and at underscore Stan C for Stan and at Ro is War for myself. And let's keep the conversation going and let us know as well what your picks of the week are when we post this on Facebook. Thank you again to the good fellas and ladies over at Podcast Network Asia for always keeping our machine running and making sure that we always have content to give you. We really appreciate what you do here. All right, guys, we'll see you on the Thursday live stream at 7 p.m. Don't be late because we might, we may or may not have a lot to talk about. All right, on behalf of everyone, see you. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.